and it is no longer subject to substantial change, although, uh, ex- except with one exception, the resurrection of the body, it will be united to the body, and there will be that now, because now there'll, there'll be the comp- complete human substance, the complete person. St. Thomas actually says that the disembodied spirit, the disembodied human soul, is not a human person, because to be a human person, it has to be integral, and has to have the body. So <clears throat> the, the, we will experience, if, if, if you're hearing me now, you're alive, uh, unless you know, you're hearing me from the beyond, in which case, please pray for me. But if you're hearing me now, you're in this veil of tears, you're a member of the church militant, um, and you have two, ex- two experiences of substantial change to look for. The first is your death, and the next would be the resurrection of the body. So those would be substantial change. Um, and, but once, you're, um, once your, bo- your, your soul is detached from your body, it does not experience substantial change other than that, right? What it experiences is eternity with only accidental change, and um, what um, Father Gergou, Reginald Gergou Lagrange uh, will call uh, discrete time, which, of which more on in a bit. So <clears throat> let me finish this thing from uh, Pietro Palente and companions here. Uh, absolute eternity belongs to God alone, as defined by Boetius. Interminabilis vitae tota simulet perfecta possessio. Now, I'll give two translations of, of this, because, it, it, because this very compact and um, uh, perfectly um, clear and lucid um, and um, concise Latin can be translated differently uh, in order to bring out different aspects of its of its perfection, the English language I don't think is really ad- fully adequate to convey exactly what he's saying here. So here are two different definitions. The one that's given by in the in this dictionary that I'm reading from is perfect and simultaneous possession of a life without terms, dash beginning and end. Now he, there's some liberties taken here, but it's trying to be explanatory. So. He's translating Boetius' famous definition of eternity as perfect and simultaneous possession of a life without terms, beginning and end. Now, he's using the term, term, here, pardon me for that. He's using the word term here to mean <clears throat> to, uh, the way that we would say um, terminus in Latin, um, and it's not, <clears throat> we, we tend to think of a term as um, expressing like a word, but th- this isn't, uh, th- that's a linguistic uh, concept meaning, that's a, a meaning in linguistics or in grammar. But when we talk about the word in this sense, uh, a term is, a, is uh, an end, but keep in mind, <laughs> Uh, end doesn't mean the end that's that's all at the uh, the last in succession. When you're talking about things in succession, uh, there are two ends, right? There's the front end and the back end. So again, think of that uh, line segment. There's the dot at the beginning and the dot at the end. Those are terms. Huh? So it might help to envision a bus map or a train map where you have different terminals on the map, right? 
So there's one terminal that begins the entire root, and there's another terminal that's at the very end of the root, right? Those are terminals. Those are terms. Huh? So um, without terms, in other words, without beginning and without end. So the other translation that I have, which actually comes from one of the books that I'll be looking at later by uh, Father Gary Lagrange, is this translation. The, simult- uh, the simultaneously whole and perfect possession of interminable life. So instead of saying without terms, he opted for the word interminable, uh, meaning endless. But again, endless in that sense of there was no beginning end and there's no end end, right? There's no end at the front and there's no end at the back. Truly interminable, it has no beginning and no end, right? When When you really peel back all the layers of meaning of that word. There is no beginning and there is no end. I know that sometimes you listen to Reconquest and you think, this is interminable, it lasts forever. It really doesn't though, ontologically. There's actually a beginning and there's actually an end. And even if it were endless, there would still be a beginning. So it can't be called interminable. But, but uh, God's eternity is the simultaneously whole and perfect possession of interminable life. So life is the key element of this definition. It's perfect, it's simultaneous, it's whole, there's no beginning, there's no end. All right, so that's Boetius' famous definition. Um, Now, continuing with uh, the definition here. Eternity excludes and transcends time. And so in God, there is no past or future but only a changeless present. The problem of before and after makes no sense in God, to whom all of time in its succession is always present, like all the successive points of a circumference are simultaneously present to its center. This is the divine presentiality, one of the most important elements in the solution of the problem of the so-called prescience or foreknowledge of God. So this obviously brings up, it opens up a a very large can of worms, but one of the huge questions in one of the big sort of theological Gordian Gordian knots is, it has to do with God, uh, God's predestination and and therefore God's foreknowledge uh, of human events. And um, this is one, one of the essential things to understand it and to even approach that question is this more fundamental truth that to God, every moment of our time is present. So that we, we in, in, in fact, even to say that there is foreknowledge in God is to speak erroneously or to speak inexactly, to be exact. Uh, why? Because every moment of our time is present to God immediately. God's presenciality, as he's terming it here. So in God's presenciality, something which for us is a thousand years away or a million years away or however many years away or however many years back is present in his eternal now. So that there is no foreknowledge because there's no before and after for God, right? That's essential to the notion of eternity God experiences no duration of before and after. There is no succession with God. Therefore, there's no, there, strictly speaking, there can't be for any foreknowledge. He has to know something as present. 
if he knows it at all, and he knows all things. So God's omniscience is, you, you might say, immediately present in his now. And his omniscience embraces what for us happens in history, happens in time. All right, so um, that's the definition from the, 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 um, the book known as the Dictionary of Dogmatic Theology by uh, Father Pietro Parente and Companions. So um, now I would like to pass on to um, an excerpt from a book by uh, Father Gergou Lagrange. Uh, this is his book called Life Everlasting. And this is the, the, the section, I think this is from the section somewhere around purgatory. I actually printed this up from an online source. It's on, this entire book is on EWTN's website. So here's a section for the book called Av Eternity and Time. And he spells Av Eternity with the E, not with the A-E. Of course, this is whoever the English translator is. I have no idea how Gergou actually spelled it. 